It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome into the virtual bible study the first virtual bible study for 2008 we appreciate you joining us on the program tonight and we hope you'll stay tuned and we hope you'll participate in the discussion tonight you participate on the program by emailing your questions or comments to questions at collegeview.com or by calling us on the phone at 877-381-4567. And so we're looking forward to hearing from you on the virtual Bible study tonight. My, my father, Greg Gwynn, joins me tonight. Dad, good to be back in the studio with you tonight. Yeah, last week we were broadcasting from a remote location made it a little bit more difficult uh, we're thankful that anthony petrochko helped us out being here to man the boards but we're back this week and we're looking forward to a good discussion we think we have an important one jacob we do we do want to thank anthony for being here last night for our last thursday night and helping us out and uh, it is good to be back in the studio tonight we can take your calls we couldn't take your calls last week but we can tonight at 877-381-4567 that is toll free and so we hope you'll use that or we hope that you'll send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. That topic that we want to talk about tonight is pertinent, uh, as we have every uh, time the New Year rolls around on the virtual Bible study. We've looked at uh, our spiritual lives and uh, examined them, and we want to do that again tonight. We want to talk about uh, some spiritual uh, keys to having a happy New Year uh, some things that we can focus on in our spiritual life, Dad, to make sure that this year <coughs> is uh, a happy and a profitable year for us spiritually. I think that's the key. I think as God-fearing people, we got to look at it from the spiritual perspective. We, you know, there are a lot of things people might say could make them happy. Uh, you know, money or material possessions, uh, job advancement, something going good in your educational pursuits, or who knows what, but. For those who are God-fearing people, I hope we all realize that the most important things are spiritual things and that we ought to be far more concerned about having a prosperous spiritual year than a, than a uh, material or physical year. So what we're saying is if you follow these, these uh, guidelines in your life, everything is not going to be perfect. You won't necessarily uh, not get sick. You won't uh, have any car trouble or... We're not talking about that. We're talking about having a, a successful spiritual year. We're not saying this life is going to be perfect, and God's promised us that it's not going to be. God never said that we would have uh, you know, everything just ideal in this life, but he has promised a perfect life hereafter, and that's why as Christians we keep uh, striving to do his will and, and seeking his grace and mercy uh, so that we can have that eternal bliss. This life is short. This, it's it's a, a very short duration. We're going to talk some about that, and I think we want to talk some about how the Apostle Paul viewed such things uh, as we get into the program. But we need to realize that these things are temporal. The things we see are not going to last. We've got to be looking for eternal things. Now, you're not going to get rich or popular by saying that uh, that people's life is not going to be perfect if they're trying to follow God. A lot of uh, televangelists are getting rich and famous by t- telling people that everything's going to be perfect if they'll just uh, follow, well, if you follow them, I guess, not necessarily send follow them God, money. send them money, right. Uh, but uh, that's just the opposite of what uh, the Bible actually teaches. The Bible tells us we're going to have struggles, but even in the midst of those struggles, Dad, if we'll handle them correctly and we'll follow the guidelines that we'll talk about tonight, we can have a spiritually happy new year. I think that's right, and that's the key. Um, we sent out our uh, update questions earlier today, Jake, and we're getting some feedback. We'd like to get some more. If, uh, if you've not responded yet, please respond to these questions. Uh, what Number one, what's the most important thing to do to ensure a spiritually prosperous new year? That's number one. Number two, what would be the biggest mistake that one could make that would lead to a disastrous new year, again, on the spiritual side, from a spiritual perspective. So what's the most important thing to do to succeed spiritually this year? 
What's the biggest mistake that you could make that would end up in spiritual ruin this year? Those are the questions, and we'd like to get your response if you've not responded already. Uh, as we've been saying, Jacob, uh, each week, we've got this update list of several hundred people we send out messages to each week, uh, reminding them of the virtual Bible study and publishing these poll questions earlier on Thursday. Usually early Thursday afternoon, we send out these poll questions. And if you'd like to be involved in that, we wish you would, uh, send us an email message uh, to questions at collegeview.com and just put that uh, in the subject line if you want to. That's all you have to say. Put me on your list and we'll do it. All right. Uh, you can do that anytime throughout the week. You can email us with any question or comment you might have throughout the week at questions at collegeview.com. You can call us anytime throughout the week. If we're not available, you can leave a message and we'll return your call. We're looking forward to your participation on the program tonight. What are some spiritual keys to having a happy new year? Hopefully our listeners, Dad, have taken time to think about uh, the coming year and maybe setting some goals for themselves spiritually. We'll look forward to hearing those on the program. Yeah, we'd like to hear your goals. Tell us what you've set as some priorities and things you want to get done in the new year, spiritually speaking. One thing that uh, we try to encourage uh, among the members here at College View is uh, regular and consistent Bible reading, Jacob, and we've tried to make that a little easier for everybody to do. Uh, and we offered it last year and had uh, some people who took us up on our offer. We'll offer it again this year. We'll uh, send a free Bible reading calendar to anyone who asks for it, uh, no strings attached, just in an effort to get you to uh, be more diligent in your Bible study. That's right. And, you're, and, and although the year started, you're not too far behind yet. If you'll get us an email tonight, we'll get it in the mail to you tomorrow, and so you'll just be about three days behind schedule, and you can catch that up pretty easy. I like the Bible reading schedule that we publish. Uh, it's not original with us. A preacher named Mark Roberts down in Texas originally put together this kind of an idea. It's a five-day reading program, and so each week there are five reading assignments. Of course, that gives you a couple days that you can make up if you missed, and uh, so it's, it's a little less stressful that way. Yeah, and, and it's divided up into Old Testament and New Testament readings, so you can read both and complete the whole Bible. Read just the New Testament uh, if you, part if you want to get just the New Testament in this year. Uh, I especially like the Old Testament schedule because it's it's constructed in chronological order. In other words, it it doesn't just go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. It it takes the readings chronologically in time and it, and when you're reading the books of history it'll intersperse the prophets who were prophesying during that particular time in history and i just think it's a real good uh uh plan and if you'd like to get a copy of that bible reading calendar again just send us an email message questions at collegeu.com and just you can even just put in the subject line send me the bible reading calendar but you got to give us your snail mail address you got to in the body of the of the message, you need to put your, your name and your snail mail address so we can get that in the mail to you tomorrow. And you're on the cutting edge of technology this year. You're trying something new with your Bible reading. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing something different. Uh, I'm supposed, you know, we're supposed to be getting some regular exercise, so I need to be walking. And so I got me a cheap MP3 player. I'm downloading the chapters off the Internet uh, and and listening to the Bible reading as I walk. And I get two things done at once that way. Wow, very impressive. So uh, and I, good idea there. Well, let us know your thoughts about uh, the, spirit, the new year and how you're going to have a spiritually successful new year. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Again, the two questions. What is the most important thing you can do to ensure a spiritually prosperous new year? And number two, what would be the biggest mistake that you could make? to have a disastrous spiritual new year. Let us know your thoughts on the program tonight. Well, Dad, uh, but before we go on, Jay, let me give this email, let me give this uh, website address. Somebody, I just mentioned being able to download each chapter of the Bible individually, and somebody might like to know where that website is. If you, and I'm, I don't know who these people are, but I just found their website, and it's uh, www.holybibleen.com. Uh, all one word, put it all together, holybibleen.org, dot O-R-G. And, and then you can see that's pretty, it's a pretty easy thing to do there, but somebody might be interested in that website. And while you're at it, you can go to www.collegeview.com 
and get the um, podcast of the virtual Bible study on your MP3 player you should go. you miss. Uh, Something else to listen to on your new MP3 player that you got over the holidays, and, and you need to be using it for good things. And a lot of people are doing that, and yeah. so we appreciate you listening on the podcast if you can't catch us live. Well, Dad, as we talk about a spiritual, spiritually successful new year, one of the greatest things that we can do to make sure that we have a successful new year, spiritually speaking, is to be a servant of others. A lot of people, I believe, uh, have the goal in life that they want to be served by others, that if they will be happy, if they can only get people to serve them. That has been the goal of people throughout time, I think. But the Bible gives us just the opposite approach to being happy. Yeah, you know, it's no news to anybody that we live in a really selfish age. But it seems clear that when people serve their own selfish interests, they don't get happy. They get miserable. I mean, our own experience would prove that. Maybe things that have happened to us personally or things we've seen happen to other people. When when we act selfishly, we usually end up hurting ourselves instead of helping ourselves toward happiness. Uh, a really good text on, on that kind of theme is in John 13. And many of you might remember that this is the episode where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And he said in John 13, beginning verse 15, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, some people have mistakenly interpreted that passage, Jacob, to suggest that Jesus was telling us that we ought to engage in ceremonial foot washings. Uh, and there are religious groups who do that. You know, in their worship assemblies, they will pull their shoes and socks off and, and, and wash one another's feet. I believe that's a complete misinterpretation of what Jesus was teaching there. Uh, one of the reasons we know that, that, that that's not what he intended was that there's not any reference to that sort of a ceremony among first century Christians. When the church began, they didn't have a ceremony or just a, a, a some kind of artificial act of foot washing. Jesus wasn't teaching that. What he was teaching was the attitude of a servant. And that if we'd have a servant's heart, uh, he said, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. And so Jesus set the example. He served his own disciples. He was the master, but he served his disciples in providing for them a needed service, that is, washing their dirty feet. And and he said, you know, I've set the example. You should do as I've done. And if you do this, you'll be happy. You'll be blessed. You'll have, you know, the kind of things that I want you to have is what Jesus is saying. You'll, you'll be the kind of people I want you to be. And again, uh, unselfishness is a key to really being happy. Exactly right. You know, I, it it is alarming when we see the attitude of many in our society, including the attitude of many in the church, the attitude of wanting to be served by others. I think that, Dad, maybe you can uh, comment on this. Wouldn't you say that most people's vision of heaven, and if they were to, to paint a picture of heaven in their mind, they would paint heaven being someplace where they were sitting on the beach, maybe in a, some kind of reclining chair. People serving and yeah, waiting on Somebody them. bringing them peeled grapes on one side and somebody standing over their shoulder on the other, fanning them constantly. Yeah. yeah. That's not the, the, the picture that we have of heaven. In fact, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 15, talking about those who are in heaven, therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them for, uh, dwell among them. Uh, the the vision of heaven there is that we'll be serving God in heaven. That is the the way to happiness for us in this life, and it is a is a foreshadowing of what it'll be like in heaven. I believe we need to be serving. We're we're created to be servants. That's right. God created us that way. I think we've pointed out before in Genesis chapter two when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, even in that perfect environment, and it was perfect. It was absolutely ideal environment in the Garden of Eden. Adam had work to do. God had him tending the garden, it says. And I think it's in verse, I believe it's Genesis 2.15. But anyway, right in that section, in the perfect environment of the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam work to do. We are creatures designed to need work and and to serve. Um, Got an interesting response to our question from our friend Randy in Jackson, Missouri, who wrote and said, most resolutions people make are selfish and thought about it this way, but he says, lose weight, exercise more, read the Bible more, etc. He said, why not make an unselfish resolution, serve more, give more, sacrifice more? So I thought that was kind of interesting. The one thing that I might I might quibble with Randy a little bit about was 
the one I don't believe reading the Bible is a selfish uh, resolution. Uh, actually, I think it would tie in with his point of making sacrifice, sacrificing the time to read your Bible uh, is an is an unselfish thing. But well, it but is I, unselfish, true in, the, in its truest sense, because by reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and applying it to ourselves more, we become better servants of others, and we're 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 better influences, better servants to those around us. Yeah, but I really like his idea there. You know that, and if you think about it, typically the resolutions people make certainly worldly people anyway, are selfishly motivated, uh, it would be great to make a resolution to serve others. Uh, and so I, I like that idea, and I think it is in line with what Jesus taught, that we ought to be an unselfish people ready to be servants. Exactly right. On the flip side of that, think about people who are unhappy and who are discontented, and those are the people who want to be served people who expect other people to do things for them, they're never happy, they're never satisfied. You think of some of the most miserable people you know, and they are people who are sort of miserable because they don't think that pe- that others have done for them what they deserve to get. You know, They didn't get what they deserve. They, sh- they should have been treated better or something of that nature. Well, we don't deserve your questions or comments, but we sure would like them. If you would email them to questions at collegeu.com or call us at 877-381-4567. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Britt Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when He said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like He has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. And again, we appreciate you joining us on the program. One of the things that you might make as a goal for the coming year is to be a part of the virtual Bible study. And we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, you just heard uh, our good friend Nestor Sanchez from uh, Arica, Chile in South America. And Nestor's actually a preacher. They're a very great preacher, works hard, does God's work in a very fine way. And uh, uh, he was here recently visiting with us at College View. The church here helps to support him in his preaching work. And uh, he recorded that little uh, blurb for us. You can do the same thing. If you've got some means of making a, uh, a digital recording on your computer, make it and send it to us by email and an attachment. And we'd like to get you on uh, doing one of our little spot ads on the virtual Bible study. We're trying, Jacob, to work out a plan whereby you can click a button on our website and send us an audio message. But we haven't got that perfected yet. We've tried, but we are still struggling with that. Yeah. Uh, but uh we just would like to know that you're out there, and uh, this is a, a Bible study group, and in a normal group, you would be able to look around the room and see who is out there. Uh, we can't do that. We don't have the luxury of doing that over the Internet. So if you would send us your voice, then everyone who is studying along with you at home will know that you're out there, and so we would appreciate that. If you would, just tell us that you're out there and where you are, and we'd enjoy hearing from you. Jake, Jake, we got a couple emails just coming in, and I, I want to catch these real quick because uh, uh, we had already made the point about reading the Bible, making it a goal in the new year, and offering the Bible reading calendar as we did a few moments ago. And just got an email from Wade in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, who says he thinks one of the most important things you can do, he says, reading the Scripture will ensure spiritual growth. Matthew 12, verse 34, beginning, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And, and Wade adds, you see that the things we put into our head is what will come out, and it's what we will think about. And so he believes reading the Scripture 
would be good. And we were making that point earlier about the importance of doing that. And also our friend Keith in Lynchburg, Tennessee, uh, says that he thinks the most important thing that you need to do to ensure a spiritually prosperous new year, read the Bible. So we're getting some we're getting some agreement on that point. Yeah, it is a, a, a point that we are in agreement about. And so we appreciate all of those comments tonight on the program we've talked about being a servant that certainly is a key to our success in the new year what are some other ideas that you have let us know your thoughts over email or over the phone tonight and uh you know uh we had on our list there dad what wade mentioned there to control your thoughts proverbs uh, 23 verse 7 for as he thinketh in his heart so is he uh, that is key to us having a successful new year spiritually and that is controlling our thoughts and making sure that we have our, our mind and our perspective and our attitude in the right spot. That's exactly right. You know, if you think on wicked and sinful things, then that's going to be what's manifested in your life. If you think on negative and critical things, that's going to be manifested in your life. And so we've got to do what Paul said in Second Corinthians 10, verse 5, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. You know... As we've repeated, and we've had this as a theme on the virtual Bible study many times, we've commented about it a lot. We live in an age, Jacob, where we are just bombarded with all kinds of negative and evil words and images. You know, I really believe that as as a people, we are more susceptible to temptation in this regard than people who've ever lived in the history of time. When you think about all the different avenues by which... Uh, Satan can present evil things. We, we were just talking about your MP3 player that you're taking around with you every day. Uh, we have so many things that are bombarding us. We can be doing other activities, and Satan still has a way to get into our mind through our ears and uh, through the things that we see. And so we have to be aware of what uh, what we're dwelling on. And we're trying to use the computer and the Internet for a positive thing with the virtual Bible study. But I tell you, man, Satan has really been successful in getting it to be used in a negative way to tempt people to get them to do things that they would never have even had the opportunity to do before. Pornography is is uh, an, uh, an explosive problem in our culture. Uh, pornography addiction, by all accounts, is growing by leaps and bounds. Certainly the Internet is the cause of that. I heard something recently where there's this there's some kind of a deal out on the Internet where people are living virtual lives. We do the virtual Bible study. There are people living virtual lives, and they get out on the Internet, and they meet a, a, a person of the other sex, and they... Then they imagine them to be married. They have a they have a life going on separate and apart from their real life. They're living a virtual life out there on the internet. It's crazy the kind of stuff and all the evil that's out there. And and certainly, not only the internet but TV and the movies. As God fearing people, we have got to get a hold of of these things and exercise self control, controlling our thoughts. Because as Wade said in his email, you put negative, ugly things into your heart, they're going to be manifested. That's exactly right. You know, we also focus a lot on the negative. We ought to focus on the positive as well, too, Dad, before we leave that point. Not only should we avoid thinking on the evil things, we need to make sure that we're thinking on the correct things. We need to be dwelling on God, on his word, on his promises to us, and uh, on heaven. We need to be thinking about positive things spiritually as well, not just focusing on the things that we shouldn't be thinking about, but putting the right things in there in their place. That needs to be important for us in our life as well. Uh, Jim from Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, has written and says, you need to be spiritually, the most important thing you need to do, you need to be spiritually alive. In other words, you need to be active in your relationship with the Lord every day of your life and not just on the first day of the week. In other words, get one of the things that will keep us from engaging in evil is to be busy doing good. And I think that's the gist of what Jim is saying there. Be active. Get busy doing positive things in the Lord's service. You know, we could focus on not hearing any bad songs or not seeing any bad uh, images. But uh, if we were to listen to pure songs, pure secular songs all day long or, or be entertained by pure secular things, that still wouldn't help us spiritually. We need to be thinking about spiritual things. And there's so many distractions in our lives today in the modern world that we live in that we they can keep us from thinking about the spiritual things we need to be thinking about. We need to make sure that we're putting the correct things into our mind. I think that's exactly right. And so I, I think that this is this. I don't know if everybody would put that on our on their list, but or maybe even word it as exactly as we have. But uh, the idea of controlling your thoughts, I think, is really important. And as uh, as Christians today, we've got to be careful about that. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com. Join in on the program tonight. Another thing that I, I think we could comment about, Jacobs, certainly controlling thoughts is, is a step in this direction, but the whole idea of avoiding sin 
and therefore being able to avoid the guilt that comes in association with sin. You know, uh, my th- my guess is that everybody who's listening to the virtual Bible study tonight is a person who cares about their relationship with God. And therefore, you're going to be the kind of person we are going to be the kind of people that when we sin, we've got the we've got the guilt that comes with that sin. You know, I suppose there's some people who completely seared their conscience. I know there are in the world people who completely seared their conscience and they don't have feelings of guilt when they sin. But we do. And that's a good thing. But dealing with guilt, the subsequent guilt of sin is is a hard thing. We can certainly have a much better new year in service to the Lord if we avoid sin and don't have to deal with guilt. Exactly right. And that echoes what the scriptures teach along those lines. First Peter 3, verses 10 through 12, for he that will love life and see good days. Sounds like... Uh, That's what we're talking yeah, about. That sounds like the topic of the program tonight. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, if they speak no guile, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Uh, we see there the key to being happy, Dad, is to uh, do the right thing and to live the right way before God. Exactly right. Uh, Randy has said the most important thing that we can do is to be more obedient and therefore more pleasing to God. I think he's exactly right. You know, uh, um one of the, the great examples of, of a person who was burdened with the guilt of sin uh, is that of David. You know, we remember the horrible episode in his life where he committed adultery with Bathsheba, uh, subsequently ended up murdering her husband so that he could marry her because he'd already impregnated her with a child. And and he said in Psalm 51, and most all commentators agree that he was remembering that particular episode when he said Psalm 51, verses 3 and 4, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. You know, here's David. He had it. He had everything in the in the material or physical sense. He was he was a great and powerful king. He could have anything he wanted, do anything he wanted. And yet he ruined it and plagued himself with the guilt of sin because he didn't control himself in that matter. So obedience and avoiding sin and therefore avoiding the guilt of sin is certainly a key toward having a a happy and successful life in service to the Lord. All right. We're looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Use the phone and comment on the virtual Bible study tonight or send your emails to questions at collegeview.com. Our friend John up in Indianapolis, Indiana, has sent in a response that I think probably goes in line with this most recent answer, Jacob. He said one of the biggest mistakes that a person could make would be acting as if he doesn't need God, leaving him out of out of his plans and so i think that's right you know in other words you think you don't need god you think you can leave him out of your plans you just you're just setting yourself up for all kind of misery and anxiety and and unhappiness that sounds fairly far-fetched to think that you don't need god you can leave him out of your plans but unfortunately there are many people in the world today who believe they don't need god and would come out and say as much but sadly, there are many people who profess to be Christians, Dad, who are saying as much by their actions, by the way that they serve God and their attitude towards him and, and their dedication to doing the right thing. A lot of people who would claim to be Christians are saying basically the same thing. I don't need God. I can leave him out of my plans. Well, they might not be so bold as to say it, but they act that way anyway. I mean, that, that's... Right, they wouldn't that, say it. They, yeah. they, would, they would contend with you if you said that they were. But when you look at their life... Uh, there is no consideration for God, no true consideration for God, and that shows a, an absolute lack of faith on their part. All right. Uh, so, again, you know, the Bible has something to say about this, and we think it's important for us to uh, be careful, be very careful. There's a lot of temptation out there. Avoid sin, and then you don't have to deal with the guilt of sin. Got an email coming in from... Uh, uh, Dan in Indiana, who says during this time of year, it's important to keep the mind healthy as well as the body and avoid getting that down feeling, keeping active in church and Bible study with others and spending good time with friends will help get the new year off to a good start and make them stronger for the rest of the year. You have to exercise the mind as well as the body. Uh, He he suggests the idea that we could get discouraged. I think, you know, Jake, we even had some time ago had a, a virtual Bible study on the idea of people getting depressed and discouraged and one of the things that I think helps to avoid that 
is to be busy. And Dan mentions keeping active uh, with uh, activities in the Lord's body and in Bible study uh, and with other Christians. Uh, you know, one of the great ways to overcome the, the discouragement uh, that many people or the depression even that many people experience is to lose yourself in active service to the Lord. Certainly so. And uh, Dan is hitting on the things we've talked about already there with the idea of being with friends, taking time to be with, with others. The idea of being a servant is included in that, to taking time out of your uh, schedule to consider those who are around you. And so that certainly would help us get the new year off to a good start. We appreciate uh, those comments coming down from uh, IC Indiana tonight. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Jacob, let's, uh, I think we're coming up on a break, but uh, I've got one more email here to uh, to suggest um, from from Jim in Mount Pleasant who says, the biggest mistake that one can make is to fall into the trap of trying to take it easy in any area of your spiritual life. Like an athlete who is in prime condition, he begins to slack off in conditioning, then suddenly can't attain his previous levels. We sometimes think we can ease up on our studying, our attending, our encouraging of others, and before you know it, we have weakened spiritually and become prime targets for the darts of Satan. I think that's kind of an interesting analogy. Uh, 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 A top athlete can't just sit back and and take it easy he's got to keep training he's got to keep pushing himself trying to achieve uh the next level and i don't think many christians look at their spiritual life that way you know that i got to keep reaching for the next level but athletes have to do that to attain greatness and if we want to be great in the lord's service that's the way we need to view our spiritual life what can i do to attain the next level of spiritual service to God. I think we'll talk about that a little bit more on the other side of the break. Let us know your thoughts, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We'll take a break, and we'll come back to take your questions or comments. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the program. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, come and worship with us at your earliest convenience, Sunday morning at 930, Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, and Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You'd be our welcome guest. We look forward to meeting you soon. If you have any questions about the College View Church of Christ, what we believe, what we practice, Send us an email at questions at collegeview.com. Give us a call. Visit our website, collegeview.com, or come and visit us at our assemblies to find out what it is we're all about. We want to remind you again about the Bible reading calendar. If you haven't emailed for your free, no-strings-attached calendar to help you read the Bible on a daily basis throughout the coming year, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com, and we'll get that in the mail to you as soon as possible. Be sure to include your regular U.S. mail address so we can get that in the mail to you. We've got to send that to you by snail mail, so do that, and we'll get it to you just as quick as we can. And if you haven't commented on the program tonight about how to have a spiritually successful Happy New Year do so now at 877-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com. Jacob, we just got an email from Anthony here in Columbia. In fact, this is the Anthony who helped us out last week controlling, uh, running our control board here in, the, in our makeshift studio. And, and Anthony says he's got a couple of pretty simple answers, and they really tie in with what we've been saying right along. He says, put God first in your life. That would be the most important thing to do. 
And it really, that's if you want to summarize everything we have said or could say, that probably is the summary statement. Put God first. You know, if you put God first, everything else is going to work out. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And these other things shall be added unto you. So I think that's probably a great summary statement of the most important thing to do. Put God first. If you want the biggest mistake you could make is just the flip side of that. Anthony says, put other things ahead of your service to God uh, and your spiritual service to God. Your spiritual. I health. appreciate Anthony's comments, but his his comment is easier said than done. That idea of putting God first in your life. We say that all the time, but do we really stop and think about what that means? Uh, I think Anthony certainly is there with his comment, but do we stop and think about what the implications of that in our life? There are some drastic implications. Yeah, I, I really think that most Christians, if you said, do you put God first in your life? Most would say yes. Their, their response, because they know they're supposed to. They know that's what they're supposed to say. But is it true in actual practice is another question. Certainly, and it has to go through every aspect of our life as many of our uh, correspondents are mentioning on the program tonight. Let us know your thoughts again. Join in on email or over the phone as we talk about having a spiritually successful new year. We were talking about uh, that, about how we need to keep going on, as we mentioned in Jim's email there before the break, about how how we need to keep pushing forward. And uh, Paul gave us that uh, indication as well in Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 13. Uh, where he tells us, don't don't dwell on the past, your past accomplishments. Don't dwell on your past failures. Certainly, Paul could have done both of those, dwelled on his past failures or his past accomplishments. But he tells us that we need to keep on pushing forward, keep on pressing towards the goal. Philippians 3, verse 13 through 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this is one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul wasn't living in the past. He was pressing on, and he had uh, success spiritually as a result of that. Well, you know, he's a person in particular who could have really gotten all bound up in, in dwelling in the past because he, he had uh, a lot of th- things he had done wrong personally, a lot of personal failings that he had that he had done wrong. But he also had uh, a lot of hurts that others had put upon him. You know, Paul had been severely mistreated. Philippians is one of the past, one of the books that he wrote we call it a prison epistle that he wrote while he was imprisoned in Rome. And, uh, you know, he could have really been all bound up in the past. You know, uh, an, another point that we might make along this line is, you know, some people get all tied up in self-pity. You know, they just they just sort of have a pity party for themselves all the time. When things don't go the way we think they should go, uh, there's a strong feeling to feel sorry for ourselves. Uh, but Paul didn't do that. He he said, I just put all that behind and I just keep pressing on toward the mark. And I think that's a great attitude that we need to develop. We got to have that attitude. Well, we have to make sure the things in the past can stay in the past. And we do that by making sure we obtain the forgiveness that God has offered us. And then when we have obtained that forgiveness, the thing that we got to do is what Paul did is that put it behind us and go on to the future. Just keep Keep pressing for the mark. You know, that's a, that, that might be a good sort of motto to live the year by is I just keep pressing for the mark. i got to keep moving forward. Uh, driven is sort of you, that idea of those those football players who are out on the field, Dad, pushing for the goal line. Uh, they just keep on pushing, and there's going to be pain along the way, but we're going to push through, and we're going to get to where we're, we're going spiritually. And we'll do that with God's help. So let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Uh, you mentioned there about refusing to uh, – to allow us to wallow in self-pity, that's another thing that we need to, to remember as well. You know, uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that to your able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice, he said there's nothing that you're dealing with but what is common to man. You're not the only one who ever had to deal with that. Don't, don't feel sorry. Don't, don't get all bound up in self-pity. Put that behind and move on. Uh, you know, these are common things. Others others have dealt with what you're dealing with. Your case is not the worst that ever existed in the world. And God promises that there's a way of escape. You'll be able to bear it. But some people, I, I, I think I've known some examples of people who got so absorbed in self-pity that they were hardly able to even take care of themselves, let alone do anything positive for, them, for others or for the Lord. And uh, that, that's just a huge mistake certainly can help us to have the proper attitude towards our trials 
when we realize we're not the only ones that to go through that, when we realize it's not a unique thing or something that is unforeseen when we have difficulty. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus made this pro- promise. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you should have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus made a promise there to his disciples. In the world you shall have tribulation. But he also made another promise to us that through his word we can have peace. We can have a successful new year through the word of God in spite of the tribulations we have to go through. In the world you're going to have tribulations. That's reality. We're not in heaven yet. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to deal with issues. Uh, so keep pressing on and don't get feeling all bound up in self-pity. I think those are a couple important things. James said in James 1, beginning verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, one way to look at this, Jacob, is that whatever happens to me, if the end result of that, no matter what it is, it could be something horrible. But if in the end result, it makes me more prepared to serve the Lord, better in his service, more suitable to his uses, and 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 closer to heaven when this life is over, then you could say it's a good thing. It could have been something terrible. But if it ended up making me a better spiritual person, James says that that's the thing that we ought to be thankful you for. You use the word if there, and that is dependent on our reaction to it. But if we will react positively to the temptations and the tri- uh, trials that we have to go through, it will make us a better Christian. That's what James 1 tells us. It will make us the people that we need to be if we will handle those difficulties in the right way. And one of those ways that we need to handle them is not to get bogged down in self-pity, but to realize that the temptations and trials that we're going through are to make us a better person if we'll react appropriately. We might tie in another comment from our friend John up in uh, Indiana. And, you know, as we're facing all those trials and difficulties, we want to handle them the right way so that they end up making us stronger and better people in in service to God. He said uh, one of the most important things that we can do is to start, begin and end each day, he says, with prayer. And we probably should definitely emphasize that. You know, uh, prayer is a great tool for Christians, and uh, we ought to use that tool. So one of the most important things we can do that will help us in dealing with the issues we're facing is to begin and end each day with prayer. Thank you, John, for those good comments tonight. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the phone, on email. Join in with your comments tonight. Where do you want to go from here? Well, uh, I got a couple of, of emails here that I think, and they mentioned the same thing. And I think it's it's important. It's an obvious thing that some people might just overlook. Uh, we've already read part of these emails, one from uh, Keith in Lynchburg. He says the biggest mistake you can make is not to attend church. Uh, and Wade in Mount Pleasant says this answer may be disputable, but I believe the worst thing we could do this year is to stop coming to ass- to the assemblies. I think that assembling with the saints is one of the most important things we can do. Being around other Christians is so important. And so, again, that might be, to some people, considered a sort of an obvious thing. But, again, a lot of Christians are, are not as diligent in that matter as they need to be. And, unfortunately, some people allow even the most insignificant things to keep them away from the assemblies. And... Uh, that's a big mistake. It's, it's not. It's certainly not helpful. We're trying to look to things that will help us have a better spiritual year in service to God. Neglecting the assembly is not a good thing. It will not help us toward our ends. Discussing this, not neglecting the assembly is one of the most fundamental and elementary things you could talk about, yet so many people never get beyond that to get towards the other things that will truly help them in their life spiritually. If we do not uh, make it a priority to assemble with the saints to be an encouragement to them and allow them to encourage us as we worship God together, certainly we can never get to those other things that will truly help us in our life spiritually. Yeah, I've asked the question any number of times, but I think it's a fair question to ask. You know, if, if, if a Christian cannot bring himself to be faithful at the assembly, what else is he doing? You know, it's it's hard to imagine someone says, well, I'm, I'm really, really achieving great things for the Lord. And that person is a person who doesn't attend services faithfully. I don't know. That that, that seems oxymoronic to me. It doesn't fit. It seems like a, a direct contradiction. A person who who's really trying to achieve great things for the Lord, you he, that's not the sort of person that you're going to have to 
to uh, you know stay after them just to attend the services faithfully. They will understand their need to serve others by being present. They'll understand their need to serve God by being present, and it'll be a priority uh, that is just uh, involuntary. They'll want to worship with the saints on an involuntary basis. I think that's right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. I see a request for a calendar popping up there. Hopefully there'll be some more of those coming in as the program goes on tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and take our last break. And during the last break, take this time to get in on the phone or over email and let us know your thoughts. We'll be right back after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the program. We'll take it to the top of the hour, talking about how we can make sure that we have a spiritually successful and happy New Year spiritually. If you haven't joined in on the discussion tonight, let us know what you can do in the coming year to make sure that you have a spiritually successful New Year and some pitfalls to avoid. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. We've talked about serving others. We've talked about the importance of controlling our thoughts, avoiding sin and guilt, not living in the past, putting the past behind us, and not being wallowed down with self-pity and some other things we could talk about as well. But we'll look forward to hearing from you. Dave, you know, let's tie in real quickly uh, a word that we haven't mentioned here. When people talk, when you talk about guilt and the past and self-pity, another word that goes in with those words, and a lot of people have this problem, is the problem of bitterness. Hebrews twelve fifteen says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby, thereby many may be defiled. Uh, you know, attitudes of bitterness and hatred have a way of really crystallizing our life to acts of ugliness toward others, feelings of emptiness in our own heart. And there's a lot of warnings about bitterness in the Bible. And uh, I think that's I think that's something we got to be on guard about uh, as we approach the new year. Be on guard against bitterness. Um, and let's see, I'm trying to get back. Let's see. Not get, that email. Uh, this is the one I'm looking for. Uh, Arthur in Cullioca, Tennessee, writes in and he says we need to have a merry heart. And he references Proverbs 17, verse 22. Let me get to that. I think I know the passage, but I'm afraid to try and quote it. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And he says to have that merry heart, we need to think on the things mentioned in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8, we read, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And so we have to think on things that are holy, things that are pure, as Philippians 4, verse 8 tells us there. Thinking on those things, Dad, will automatically eliminate bitterness if we'll dwell on the things that God has given us in his life, that's, in this life and through his work. That's exactly right. Uh, and I think that uh, we need to to consider that possibility that we have allowed ourselves to become bitter, and that doesn't help us. That doesn't get the job done. Um, Mike in Columbia, Tennessee, writes in from 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, bodily exercise excuse me, bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Paul says that godliness is more profitable than bodily discipline or exercise. Therefore, we should place more emphasis on the things that lead us to godliness because they will benefit us in this life and in the life to come. 
our resolution should be more spiritual in nature than physical. And a spiritual thing, he says, that I need to do more is to, is to pray more and be more thankful. So uh, I think that ties in with a comment we had earlier uh, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of resolutions have to do with I want to eat less, I want to exercise more, you know, and we think about things pertaining to physical health. Well, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. But as Mike mentions here in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, Paul says that that's only of, of a little profit, whereas godliness is profitable to all things. Thank you, Mike, for those good comments. That is true. If we want to have a, a spiritually successful and a spiritually happy new year, we must make sure that we have that spiritual health that comes through God and his word. And a lot of people are looking for that happiness uh, in the new year. There uh, be people crowded into gyms, no doubt, tonight, trying to find that happiness through the physical body. Uh, that true happiness comes through the spiritual well-being. Another key to happiness, Jacob, is contentment. Uh, you know, it's, it's an obvious point as well. We've made a lot of obvious points tonight, but it's obvious that a lack of contentment would really equate with unhappiness. Uh, and, in our, and our material world tends to... To breed covetousness and discontentment, but contentment doesn't come by way of things. It comes by having the right attitude. And Paul said in Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul had had a lot, and he had had nothing at all, but he said he could be content in whatever state he was in because he had this right relationship with God. That's the way we need to feel. Hebrews 13.5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So I think a key to happiness in the new year would be to, to develop more of an attitude of contentment. A lot of people in the world don't have that, but that's going to be a key, I believe. Oh, exactly right. We have to be content, uh, yet the world around us will tell us that uh, that being discontent is the way to happiness. By always wanting more and more, that's how you can be happy. And uh, you look at the world around us, and uh, you see that they are exactly the opposite of that. Uh, they are not happy at all uh, based on their desire to have more and more things. We have an email from Patrick, and uh, Patrick uh, has answers to our questions. He says uh, the question, the way that we can help ourselves in the spiritual new year, he says fasting is a great way to practice self-denial, as we have mentioned earlier. And uh, we've talked about fasting in the past in the program. You look back in our archives, you might find a program on fasting. And uh, it is a spiritual concept. And uh, Patrick notes here in his email that he has spiritual benefits from fasting. So appreciate that comment. He has a question for number two. Do you have any advice for keeping up with good practices despite discouragement from other people, especially that which comes from others who are well-meaning but perhaps misguided or without understanding? And so I guess we could take his uh, comment for number two is you could allow other people to discourage you be a way to not have a successful spiritual new year. So what about Patrick's question? How can we persevere in the face of those who are trying to discourage us from the well-being that we were looking for? Well, there's going to be discouragement. And, uh, you know, we've already mentioned that Jesus promised that in this life we would have tribulation. That discouragement can obviously come from worldly people from people who are not committed to god unfortunately sometimes those discouragements can come even from people that ought to do better you know uh, uh, some of the greatest discouragement i think are when we experience situations from other christians who are not doing as they should but we might might tie in this passage from the apostle paul he had certainly faced lots of discouragement. He had been mistreated badly and, and persecuted, imprisoned, had his life threatened many times. He said in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul one of Paul's great keys to staying on on target and, and continuing his faithful service to the Lord was to look at things from a proper spiritual perspective. He realized that the the things we're dealing with here are just temporary, not going to last forever. Even bad things, even when people are mistreating us, even when people are discouraging us, 
these things are temporary, temporary. They're not going to last forever. And so we got to keep our eye on the things which are permanent and eternal. Exactly right. Uh, along those lines, Don in Nashville has emailed. He says, each day when we get up and find out we are still alive, that would be contrasted by not waking up and finding out you're not alive. But each day when we get up and find out we are still alive, we should examine ourselves spiritually and notice this, not wait until January 1st to start doing what we should already be doing today. There's nothing magic about a new year, and uh, Don makes a good point there. I think that's right, I, and and I appreciate his comment. We're not trying to say that there's that, that this is you know this is sort of you know do like, it now or wait 365 days to do it. Yeah, yeah you, you got to do, do it, it again. now. And then you know, one of the one of the mistakes is you know all all these resolutions that people make. You know, statistically, people break their resolutions. You know, with pretty rapid succession, and we don't want that to be the kind of way that we serve the Lord. In other words. January 1st, we get all excited about it, and it might last to about the 10th of the month, and then we're back to our old practices. We're trying to say, what are some things that can really change our lives, uh, be it January 1st or any other month? What can, what are the positive things we can do to make ourselves more successful and more uh, faithful in serving God? January 1st is a time that many people set aside for self-evaluation and examining themselves, but we appreciate Don for reminding us that we should examine ourselves on a daily basis to make sure that we're living as we should, not just wait till the beginning of the year to examine ourselves, but to examine ourselves on a regular basis. He goes on to say making New Year's resolutions on how to be better Christians not only indicates a weak faith, but sets one up for failure. Our faith and our service to God should be built into everything we do and not dependent on a list when people make lists, they sometimes miss their real potential by limiting themselves to the list, or worse, they may end up thinking of themselves as failures. Uh, so, uh, you know, he he warns that this can be a an unfruitful exercise if you're just trying to make a list and check them off. We got we got to be a changed people. When you, Certainly, but part of that examining ourselves that uh, we're encouraging and that Don is encouraging is that you've got to find points. Uh, where you need to make improvement, points that you're going to focus on. And uh, and so that if you want to call that a list or you want to call that uh, points that need attention, we need to have those type of things in our mind, not that that's going to be exclusive, that we don't need to examine ourselves beyond those points or that we can check those off or, or if we don't get those done, we should just quit. We're not saying any of that. Uh, but uh, we are saying that we do need to examine ourselves as Don is as well. So, Don, thank you for those comments tonight. Um, we were mentioning a minute ago the, the great example of the Apostle Paul and what a great outlook on life he had despite all of his troubles. In Romans 8, verse 18, he said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Uh, well, Paul said that even the terrible things he was suffering, not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Uh, you know, th- this life is not an end in itself. I think that's where a lot of people miss it. They think it. Uh, this is it. This uh, here and now. This is the be all and the end, end all. It's not. Paul realized that, and we need to realize that as well. Well, Dad, as we look at uh, the new year and we look at the challenges ahead of us and uh, the opportunities to serve God, certainly it is an exciting time, but it is also a time for uh, some grave consideration to make sure that we're going to utilize the time that God has given us. He may not give us an entire year. Uh, to serve him. But whatever time he has given us in the coming year, we need to make sure that we're using it to its fullest potential. I think that's right. We've got we've got to uh, realize the brevity of life and the certainty of judgment and be living every day in faithful service to the Lord uh, so that we can, when this temporary life is over, so we can, can have the reward of heaven in eternity. And uh, it seems like we're doing these uh, first-of-the-year programs quicker every year. Time goes yeah. by fast. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I think this is, what would this be? This is this the is third, third time one. we've yes, done sir. a New Year's sort of program on the virtual Bible study. So uh, time is rolling on by. Uh, Before we quit, let's remind our listeners again about the calendar, Dad, the Bible reading calendar. We've had some requests for that. We have plenty more that we can send out. Uh, so if you would like a Bible reading calendar with to help to help you with your day, daily Bible study, uh, send us an email with your at, mailing address, and we'll get that in the mail to you. Yeah, we need that mailing address for sure. 
And uh, there's there's other things that you might look at on the website, some offers we've got there for Bible study materials that you might be interested in, too. But we, we appreciate all who are listening to the virtual Bible study. We hope that you'll make it a commitment for the rest of the year to be with us every Thursday night uh, for the virtual Bible study. So far, you started off right. You've got one week down, 51 more to go. And we hope that you'll be here for the remaining 51 if the Lord wills, of the virtual Bible study throughout the year. We look forward to studying with you again next week. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.